Today, we're talking to a closer that absolutely obliterated their original team sales record. So my first month, I broke the record. I think the previous record was maybe like 26 units a month. My first month, I hit 45 units. Holy <laughs> And they had a really important realization in their job before it was too late. No matter how good I get, and no matter how hard I work, no matter how many awards I get, I'm still just a personnel number in their database. That honestly like wrecked me. They also touched on how they got over the thinking that sales was gross to unlock unlimited income potential. I don't want my LinkedIn bio to say like salesperson. I don't want my friend yeah. family to be like worried to spend time with me. <laughs> salesperson. All that coming up in today's episode of the Remote Closing Academy podcast. Hey, what's going on? Aaron here popping in and the intro of the episode here, guys. Just keep in mind, this episode, the audio is going to sound a little bit robot at certain parts. We filmed this on location at one of our client events. And just, I wanted to let you know that, that when you're listening to this, it's not your headphones, it's not your car just playing it back weird. It just happened to be that there was some background noise, a weird hiss that was throughout the audio. We just had to fix it. So just keep that in mind, but it's 1 million percent listenable. And uh, honestly, one of my favorite episodes so far. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Before we jump into it, how are you? How's the week? Phenomenal, dude. I wish you guys could see this view from this room. It's insane. Yeah, to give context, we're at a uh, an event in uh, Cabo. It's our it's called Eight Figure Boardroom. Basically, uh, we have like a hundred and I don't know, one hundred seventy five clients come out, and basically just learning about sales and business and all that kind of stuff. Which I think adds a lot of context for uh, anyone watching this. Like the opportunity is real, and it's uh, you know, something that you can take advantage of. So. Yeah, that being said, let's just, um, what we usually do is rewind the clocks back a little bit. Uh, just, you know, back, because I know I know your story, so I'm, I, I just love hearing it. But, you know, as far back as, as you want to go, just give them some, um, just give us a little bit about you. Yeah, okay. So, um, for a long time in my life, I just did the things that I thought I was supposed to do. Uh, and I think everything really changed when I started listening to myself and doing the things that I wanted to do. So. Uh, an example of that is I felt like I needed to go to college and, uh, you know, I bought into the lie that, you know, I had to uh, go to like the best school and get like the most expensive degree. And so I racked up all of this student debt for a degree that got me into a job where, I mean, it was going to take me like 50 years. Oh, shoot. Pay that stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I graduated college and then I got my, like what I thought at the time was like my dream job. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, it was a lot of fun. I got, I worked at uh, Disney World as a restaurant manager um, and it was a ton of fun. I got to make magic all day. I carried pixie dust in my pockets uh, and uh, I met a lot of really great people, but the job was definitely not uh what i expected it to be yeah. uh and the pay was also definitely not what i thought it was i think you go to college and um people offer you a job and you're like oh my god yeah i'm basically a millionaire <laughs> and then you get there and you're like oh I can't yeah. <laughs> um so uh i did that for probably like five years can we can we tell any stories is the, I, I don't know, know if you can. I can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there we don't ask you. I, I'm trying to think of one that I could even tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like they're gonna sue me. Yeah, I, there's probably some. At some point, you probably were talking about it. But yeah. just just know that there is a lot of uh, a lot of good stories about uh, Disney. Yeah, you can uh, you can message me about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I worked at Disney. Uh, I made a lot of magic. I helped a lot of people. I met a lot of amazing people. But in terms of like work-life balance it just like didn't exist it was 50 60 hour work weeks it was a lot of responsibility it was a lot of direct reports and just a, a lot of micromanaging like nobody trusted you at all and anything that you were supposed to do 
uh, people breathing down your neck all the time. And um, it was the classic corporate, like, you know, like we're a family and, yeah. and we were not a family. Mm. Spoiler alert. If they're telling you that, it's probably yeah. not true. <laughs> Um, so I did that. And, uh, after a few years, I realized that like, even my bosses, 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 boss, they didn't really have like a lifestyle that I wanted or an income that I wanted. And it's kind of a moment of like, well, if no matter what I do and no matter how hard I work and no matter how long I'm here, I'm not going to be able to travel or go on vacation for more than two weeks a year. Mm. Like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, that's kind of what got me into sales. Okay, so before we go too deep into like, you know, obviously the story with RCA and, and that type of stuff, um, uh, where do you feel like you got like your work ethic? Like, have you always just been like, because you're a team lead and like, you know, you're obviously have a ton, a ton of like direct reports. Like, have you always just been that way? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I never really thought about that before. Mm. Um, but thinking back, I've always had that like chip on my shoulders mm. of like, I have to be the best. Um, I where do you think, think that comes from? I think it's related to like childhood trauma okay. for sure. I, I think yeah. it's like, uh, I think it's like, uh, like the best way for me to like get attention was to be good at something. And so I figured like, okay, the better I am at stuff, the more attention I get. And I'm a Leo, right? Yeah. So I need that attention, dude. And so I was like, I'll just be the best at everything that I do all the time. And then I'll yeah. get attention all the time. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of what I did. And I, you know, in high school, I had to get like the best grades and mm. be the best at whatever sport I played and um, be the best at music. Anything I did, I always had to be the best. So mm. I kind of was just wired to like give 100% to everything all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I noticed even, you know, when you're managing all the people at, at Disney World too, it's like you just take, you basically took that same, you know, the same mindset and you transition into to what you're doing now, but minus the, uh, the pixie dust. Minus the pixie dust, dude. And that was the best part, honestly. <laughs> I wish I could have took that with me yeah. on Zoom. Just... Yeah. Yeah. So what was your transition from, you know, that, like the, you know, just Disney world, like how did you even figure out about remote closing in the first place? Well, um, so I loved, loved, loved my job at Disney. And honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, I probably like never would have left in my whole life. Uh, did they shut it down? It did. It closed for a oh, month. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. I was, Dude. I was there closing it down, tying everything <laughs> down. I was there reopening it, oh, scrubbing man. stuff, bringing it back to life. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's a cool part of history that I got to be a part yeah. of. Uh, yeah, so I loved working there, and I really believed in the mission and the vision and the values of creating happiness, and that was like my whole identity and my whole persona. And um, when I we came back from COVID, basically a lot of the, the company changed, obviously, mm. and the way that we did things changed. It, uh, because of closing, they had to optimize for costs, and uh, they just made a bunch of business decisions that yeah. I wasn't really on board with yeah, yeah. and uh i realized pretty quickly that uh i mean obviously they laid off tens of thousands of people mm. and uh it's a really amazing phenomenal incredible people who'd given decades to yeah. the company and when that happened it was kind of a moment of like wow like no matter how good i get mm. and no matter how hard i work and no matter how many awards i get i'm still just a personnel number in mm. their database and um that honestly like wrecked me that it, it 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 was like i yeah it was like an identity crisis for me because my whole life growing up like i always looked forward to 
going to Disney every year. That was my favorite thing to do. Mm. Um, that was where I'd made my family. All my friends were there. And um, it was really like kind of the only thing I believed in my whole life. Mm. And when I realized that the thing that I thought that I was protecting and preserving mm. wasn't actually that thing, Dude, I like yeah. spiraled. I was like, what's well, real? Like this whole time I'm like living a lie. Like everything that I thought that I knew mm. isn't even real. So how do I even, how do I, how do you rebuild? Like, where do you start when like you realize that everything you thought you knew isn't actually yeah. reality? So I kind of, you know, I got sucked into the, I'm sure if you're here, you're in this wormhole, right? Yeah. Make a fifth of the and how do I make money online? <laughs> so I, uh, dude, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours on webinars and, mm. um, like, dude, I would, I would watch every fucking webinar. I was up until like 4 a.m. Mm. watching webinars, um, signing up for every, like, Freebie, like, every freebie, every like every lead magnet, yeah, whole course to like liquidate their ad spend. Now I get it, but I didn't then, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great, ten dollars, yeah, like learn to be a millionaire. Um, and I tried a couple things, you know, I got really deep into like Amazon SBA. I got really deep into like trying to learn marketing. Spoiler alert, not good at it. Um, and I remember thinking like, I'm definitely missing something. Like there has to be something that like I can be really good at, that I can believe in, that I can make a lot of money in and I can just find that thing. Like that's, that's where like the money is, that's where the freedom is. But like I had to find something that I'm actually good at. Mm -hmm. And um Growing up, honestly, I was not very good at talking to people. I, uh, there was like uh, a rumor in my high school that I like didn't have teeth because I was like so quiet. Oh, is it? No one ever heard me smile or, or saw me smile, yeah, yeah. heard me laugh. Um, and so I wasn't always super social, but when I went to college, I kind of came out of my shell. And especially at Disney World, I like, you got to gotta have to, yeah. You got to figure it out. If you don't want to talk, talk, that sucks, but yeah. you got to figure it out. Um, so I kind of learned to be able to talk to anybody about anything from working there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm really good at like solving problems. Like when you work at Disney, it's a lot of guest recovery. So I was really good at solving problems, really good at talking to people. And I was like, solving problems, talking to people. Yeah. Like, I think I can win any sales. Like yeah. I don't want to be a salesperson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want my LinkedIn bio to say like salesperson. I don't want my friend yeah. and family to be like worried to spend time with a salesperson. <laughs> So like, what can I do to like make a lot of money and be in sales, but like not be a salesperson? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of the the journey from leaving Disney to realizing like, okay, and I hadn't even left at that point, but that was the wormhole that I was in yeah. like, the last six months of my career there. So so you you dove into like as you said Amazon FBA and like the marketing stuff, but what like what made you what made I guess those things like not work, and then what like what were some of the the benefits that you saw of like remote closing versus like Amazon FBA? Yeah, good question. So like, they make it sound so easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds so easy. And then you get deeper into the wormhole and you're like, okay, inventory, like, yeah, I guess I can figure that out. Okay, well, ads. Okay, so apparently whether I do like this or this, I still have to figure out ads. So like, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. And just realizing all the hats I needed to wear, I didn't really want employees. Mm. Um, I didn't really want the overhead. I didn't want to like 
load up my credit card every month and hope that Facebook didn't shut me yeah. down. You know what I mean? I was just like, hey, this is crazy. How do people do this? Yeah. Like, this is stressful. Um, so yeah, so really think the overhead really for me was, was something that I was like, I barely can live now. Uh -huh. Um, and then, uh, so the overhead, the technical stuff, multiple hats, employees, um, I was like, there's just gotta be a better way. Yeah. Um, but it was to the point, you know, I'm in this wormhole, I'm seeing all these people, you know, working from places like this and doing this stuff and like the the monster in me that like wanted to break out was just getting louder and louder and louder and I felt like I had to do something and um I did something kind of crazy because I was like I wouldn't leave my job it was like mm. like truly in terms of American dream like I had done it I had a great job you know I had I was making like decent money um I had a great place to live you know I had good people around me like I did it like box checked um, and, uh, I was so comfortable that no matter how much research I was in, I couldn't get out of research mode. Mm. Like no matter what, dude, I just couldn't do it. Um, and my family was always, you know, the benefits, this, mm. this, you know, and, and so I really got in my head for a long time. And then finally I was like, you know what? I just need to like leave this safety mm -hmm. and like leave this security because if I don't, I'm like gonna die here. Like mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do this till I die. Like I gotta do something crazy. So I actually bought a car that I couldn't afford on purpose. Mm -hmm. I bought a Tesla. Mm -hmm. I literally could not afford it. I was like eating oh, ice yeah. for dinner, dude. No joke. <laughs> I was eating ice for dinner for two months with that thing. Oh, but I loved it, man. I still love that car, okay? <laughs> but I told myself, because I learned about like the subconscious um, like reprogramming mm -hmm. and like how your environment can like train your subconscious yeah. to really help you like elevate your view of yourself and in turn, you know, you make more money and all that. So I was like, okay, let me do something. Let me put myself in a financial bind where I have to find a way more money. And this is not financial advice. Do not bet. <laughs> Do not buy it. It's just talking Don't buy a Lambo after watching this. But um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to trick myself into making more money because otherwise yeah. I'm never going to leave. So uh, I got the car. And uh, as soon as I got the car, I was like, man, I can't keep eating nice for dinner. I got to figure this out. <laughs> so uh, I did a bunch of research and I was like, what can I, because I knew sales was the way, yeah. but I didn't want to be like a slimy salesperson. Right. And the only way that I can reconcile going into sales and not being slimy was selling something that with my dying breath, I would be like, this is so important. Yeah. Like this is inarguably like a necessity, right? So I picked solar sales. Because I do, like, you know, the earth is burning, you know, the polar bears are dying. Like, you can't argue yeah. his redraw out there, you know? <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is something I can believe in and something I can feel good about and something mm. that I can definitely sell. So uh, went into solar sales, uh, was able to make that car payment that I couldn't afford with mm. eating ice for dinner from, like, not being able to make it to, like, yeah. making that car payment in a day. And I was like, mm. whoa. Yeah. Sales is like real. This is sick. This is sick. <laughs> you can make money by solving problems. And I was believing it. I was saving the planet. Every install is like planting like 60,000 trees or something. Oh, so you feel really good. And mm -hmm. I was tracking my like economic impact mm -hmm. or uh, my, my impact on the world yeah, yeah. every time I made a sale. Um, and so that felt really good. But it got to the point where like I had the money. I had like kind of the financial flexibility. Mm -hmm. But I was cold calling, mm -hmm. I was door knocking, I was, uh, I went, and then I had to start paying for ads. 
because I was running. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I was running out of leads. So, Mm. yeah, dude, I was spending like three, four K a month. Oh, shoot. Yeah, on, on ads. Were you running them yourself? No. No, dude, I have that tone. All right, I'm not a marketer yet, but definitely yeah. not right now. Um, and so I was paying somebody else, which is why it was so much money. Mm-hmm. And, dude, it just was one of those things where it was like, okay, I, like, enjoy having, like, nice stuff for dinner, but, like, I still can't really travel because I have to be physically here yeah. or I don't make any money. Like, I, I still can't, like, I didn't really see any, like, upward growth potential. Um, and it was, it wasn't quite what I wanted. And originally, um, when I was looking at remote closing, I just wanted to be able to sell solar remotely. And I was like, okay, I believe in solar. Like, let me just, like, learn about how to sell on Zoom. And then I can, like, ramp up the ad spend, get more leads, mm-hmm. and just, like, close solar from anywhere and travel that way. So, yeah. That was why I originally looked at the I, yeah. like remote closing solar. Oh, interesting. Remote closing academy popped up, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you went through. I'm assuming you went through like you know cold VSL and like all that, or was it? Yeah, it was cold at the time. So yeah, Brian, it was cold, dude. Yeah, it was. Um, when was this? May 2021. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, I got served, like, you know, obviously an ad about coal. And this was when I was, like, in my YouTube days, dude. Just, like, yeah. 4 a.m., just, like, binging content yeah. and try to find a way to a better life. And um, Cole's presence, like, on YouTube wasn't as big then. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, like, seeing some of his training and being like, this guy's, like, pretty good. Like, <laughs> This guy, like, knows sales. Uh, I was like, this is exciting. Like, worst case, this dude makes me more money in solar. Um, so I was looking at it. I was looking at it. I kept getting retargeted and retargeted and just getting blown up with these ads. And at the time, I didn't, like, I kind of knew how ads worked because I'd learned about it, but I still didn't really. And so yeah. I was just like, this is like a sign. I just keep stealing these ads. This is crazy. I keep clicking on it. It's actually I've actually gotten that like multiple times. Like on uh, you know, on you know, people that have been on the podcast, they'd be like, Yeah, like I just keep seeing the ads and I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take this as a sign. Like I need to do it. Exactly. That's how I felt. Um and uh but I was so scared because I had been on, you know, those high ticket sales calls Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I'm so scared. Like I don't want to talk to them. They're so good at sales. Like I'm gonna be helpless. I can't talk to them. So I um I was just like in the coal wormhole and I found like that old Facebook group that they used to have. So I joined that Facebook group. And then Jared, who was on the podcast, if you haven't seen this podcast, go watch it after this one. Um, but Jared called me um and he was like hey i saw that you opted in and i was like dude i don't want to talk to you i just want the free training <laughs> and he was like well i'll send you the free training if you talk to me and i was like well i'll talk to you if you send me the free training. so uh he sent me the free training i went through it and i was like it was the seven core beliefs okay that we yeah. trained on and i was like this is <laughs> like this is what i'm missing this is really good um so then jared was like talk to me and i was like no i need to like make sure this works (laughs) so then i uh changed my whole solar pitch Mm. to incorporate the seven core beliefs Mm -hmm. and do like a discovery before we pitch them the solution dude slamming solar deal just flows in and i was like man if this is the free stuff yeah what the hell is this guy? He already made money, so it's like you liquidated on your own well it was a free trading so (laughs) you liquidated so i was like okay so I talked to Jared and 
Jared's like, yeah, honestly, I think you'd be really good at this. I think you got to talk to this guy, Brian. So when are you available? I'll put you on Brian's count. And I'm like, who the hell is Brian? Brian has this dude, Jared, in Canada just calling people for him and putting appointments on his calendar. I'm like, yeah, put me on with that guy. I need to talk to that guy. Let's go. Um, so I show up for my call with Brian and like, you know, I'm still in my solar job, I'm, like, yeah. hiding from my boss. I'm, like, in a, I'm, like, in my Tesla, like, on my phone, on my lunch break. Oh, shoot. And he's, like, what do you want out of life? And I'm, like, dude, I can't touch another door. Like, please help me. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, talked to Brian. It was, like, perfect. Um, but I was so worried because of the ad spend money. I was, like, mm -hmm. dude, I'm, like, bleeding money right now. Mm -hmm. Um but I ultimately decided that I was going to spend the money no matter what. Mm -hmm. No yeah. matter what, I was going to spend that money. I was either going to spend that money on leads for solar and spend way more for that over the course of my lifetime, month after month after month after month after month mm -hmm. to make money. Or I was going to invest that money one time to get unlimited like ads for life from business owners who want to hire me because yeah. I'm so good. So I was like, well, one turn versus recurring for life. Get one time. Uh, and uh, joined RCA. Sweet. Yeah. So just for like, what were your initial like, because uh, you, you got so much value out of the free stuff. Like what were your like initial impressions? Like what was your, let's say like first week? Like what was like your implementation? Oh, man. Well, it was kind of one of those things where like it had to work. You know what I mean? Like. It had That's the only option. Or, yeah. Like there was no, dude. It was like the last of my savings because you know I bought that car with my ice dinner money, so it's like <laughs> the last of my savings. And I just remember being like, "Okay, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. You literally yeah. said your whole life you just need somebody to give you a shot. This guy gave you a shot. You have the resources. Shoot your shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't have to do this, but I had to do it." So I told myself, if I get up at 4 a.m. every day for the next 60 days, mm. I get to choose when I wake up for the rest of my life. Mm. So uh, I started getting up at 4 a.m. And again, you don't have to do this. I just chose to do it this way because I'm very all or nothing. And uh, <laughs> dude, I, I woke up at 4 a.m. I trained until 8 a.m. I did four hours of training every morning before I would go in to go to solar. Mm. Um, and dude, I only had to train like that for 22 days mm -hmm. and before I landed my first role. And then uh, my first month, I made 12K. On that role? Uh, yeah, on that role. My Sweet. first month, I made 12K and I was like, okay. Were you still doing solar too? Um, yeah. Oh, so you're doing solar and you're doing the... And I was doing a solar was more part-time, but I still had like a couple deals here and there, but the 12K was just from mm. remote closing. Yeah. So was there like a distinct different... I mean, obviously like one, you go and like meet the person and you got to drive there. And so obviously there's a lot of time there, mm -hmm. but what were like the distinct back to what you said of like, you had to sell something that you believed in and then you were just like, you know, your last, your last breath, you could like just fall on the sword for the, for yeah. the offer. So did you feel like with that offer, what was it aligned with you? And like, you know, that yeah. people were proud of it. Yeah. I think that's like the most, like literally if I could give one piece of advice to any person coming into this space, it is do not take the first job offer, no mm. matter what it is. Like I literally do not care if you're like, I, I don't know who could hand it to you. Like maybe Meryl Streep, like don't take it. <laughs> Tell Meryl you're still shopping. 
Like get a couple offers mm -hmm. and compare them. Yeah. Compare the commission structure, compare the client results, compare the fulfillment. And we can teach you how to do all those things. That's where I learned it is in the program. But like, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to be good. Like if you could sell a 15K ticket, that's like kind of cool or a 7k ticket with incredible results and mm -hmm. that with your dying breath you would say this is the investment of a lot of time yeah you will make twice as much ticket and twi twice as much money on the ticket that's half as big because mm -hmm. you believe in it conviction is the most important thing. yeah so i think just like be patient like be diligent and work hard to give yourself the opportunity to have multiple offers but be patient enough to know that like once you have this certification, like you're like a hot commodity. Like you don't yeah. need to just take the first person who looks at you. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of fish in the sea and make sure that you really love it. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to find success. Yeah. One, you know, the, the constant theme that it just, that you're talking about is like, you know, you're just, you're going all in like on a lot of these things. I think that's where, like when we're talking about remote closing, the way that I explain it is just, it, you're a hot commodity and it's just so linear. It's like, there's companies that are that need remote closers and setters. It's like that. There's no there's no questioning that. So it's yeah. like if you just do the or not the minimum, but you know do what you need to do to like learn the skill. People are going to be coming at you like like nonstop. So right. what would um you know what would you give to someone that is like let's say they're watching this they're in RCA or they're in 30 day closer and they're not seeing the results that they want to, but it's probably because of like volume. Like what's like a piece of advice that you usually give people that if they're not seeing success yeah i mean i think it's kind of like like dating like um my best friend in the world she started dating again after being in a really long relationship and she went on like five dates and it's like everybody sucks and i'm like yeah you met five people mm. you're looking for a once in a lifetime connection mm. you need to go on at least a hundred dates to get a top one percent date mm. if you want a top like 20 or top 5%, you need to go on 20 dates. Like mm -hmm. you're just, you have to, especially if you don't know how to like navigate the online space. Like I, we, we, you probably said this before on this podcast, but like you have to make up in volume what you lack mm -hmm. in skill. Yeah. Right. And it's like, just keep putting yourself out there. What's the worst case scenario? You know, like you reach out to a hundred business owners. Okay. Well, you're at least going to get like 20 interviews. And from there you'll mm -hmm. get five offers worst case and that's like if you're certified and you do everything right and but you're like a bad interviewer you know what i mean like yeah. there's so much unlimited opportunity and the industry is literally i mean it's been around for a decade but it's kind of like just getting started yeah. like dude, dude it's blowing up so like get your foot in the door don't settle take something that you really are excited about mm -hmm. and that you believe in and uh what you'll realize is that um you're probably better than you think that you are yeah you know, and especially once you start putting yourself out there and you make those connections because in the fear with interviewing, like I totally get it, but it's like, if you're scared of be interviewing, then do 30 interviews mm -hmm. and by number 28, you're going to be really <laughs> fucking good at it, but you're not going to get any better if you do two interviews and you're like, ah, oh, suck at interviews. Nobody's going to hire me. It's like, yeah, anyone who's only done something twice, isn't going to be very good at it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with sales is that so many people are like, oh, I suck at sales, I'm not good at sales, I can't do sales. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're literally like taking a basketball and walking into a stadium and challenging LeBron James and you're like, damn, he's better than me, I'm <laughs> shit. It's like, yeah, he's played 
for like a hundred thousand hours, he's obviously better than you. Yeah. Try, do the practice calls, do the mock calls, the more volume, the more success. 15 times. Mm -hmm. So one one of the things that uh, that we were talking about too, that I, I just want to make sure, and you know, the, a big initiative that we're trying to do is just be, you know, more more intentional of just like diversification, which kind of sounds weird because it's like it, it was never the intention to not do that, but you know, when you have Cole on the ads, yeah, it's like he's gonna attract a different central. person, yeah, and then it's gonna be me, you know, I attract a, a, a different demographic. So what um, you know, what would you say to someone that might be watching this and they're like, ah, I just I don't know if if I like me as a person can see success in this industry because insert thing, right? So what would you what would you say to them? Great question. Yeah, I think that was probably my biggest limiting belief and what held me back from like actually moving forward with remote closing for so long was like, you know, I love Cole, but he's like ripped and has a beard and like is like bros bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? I said I can't. I can't go to a sales meeting and talk about big dogs all day. Like, dude, like, and I also thought like, who's going to buy from me? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, are people going to like, trust me? What if people have like other beliefs and like, because I'm queer, they like, won't want to work with me and they'll like mm. want to work with someone else. Or, um, you know, I, I thought that because I like looked different or because I am different, that people would treat me different or that they wouldn't, um, that they just wouldn't want to work with me. And that really made me scared to be myself for a long time. And um, I think that, you know, when I first started, I like tried to be like extra bro-y and like use all the words and call yeah. everybody big dog, <laughs> you know? And it's like, the reason that I've had so much success is because I'm so different than every other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my first month I broke the record and it wasn't because I knew the most about sale <laughs> and it wasn't because my skill level was just magically higher or I was just born the best in the world. It's because I'm so radically authentic and honest with myself. Like, look at me, like I'm not lying about anything else. So you can try to tell you the truth about the program, right? And I think that when people see you being yourself and loving your life and trusting who you are, um, I think that all the things uh, that I thought made me weak, right? Like I'm a pretty emotional person. I cry at finding Nemo, dude. Like I can't even <laughs> make it through the movie. I got to turn it off because I'll cry so hard, right? So really um, emotional, deeply empathetic, uh, and probably what most sales people would traditionally call like soft. Mm. And I thought all those things would make me weak or incapable or uh, would make me worse. But what I've found is that when I lean into my empathy and I lean into the emotions and I lean into those things that people see as weakness, that's actually my strength. And that's yeah. why I'm so powerful. And that's why people trust me so much. And that's why I've had so much success. So I would say that, you know, whatever the insert blank reason is that you think you will be good at this is the reason that you need to fucking do it. Because I mean, it is a pretty like bro dense industry, but there is so much diversity that you just don't mm -hmm. see. And like part of being the first person through the door, it's not just like walking through the door as like, you know, one of the first openly queer salespeople who's also better than everyone. Right? <laughs> uh, it's also my job to hold that door open for other people and wait for them and say, hey, I know you think you're different because of whatever, get in here, we need you. Hey, I know you think you're different because whatever, 
get in here. We need you because there's also people who look like you, who feel like you, who disqualify themselves because they're like you. And like, I'm sure, you know, if you're watching this and you've ever felt like, man, I, I wish I could see myself in that light, you know, like there's things in my life that, you know, I wish I could have seen an example of younger that would have really helped me. Mm. And it's like, sometimes that person's not coming. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, like no, no, like, uh, queer world-class salesperson was going to pop onto my for you page and yeah. say, and you, you were made for this. You can do it. And if I waited for that, dude, I'd still be in a salary role where there was no potential, mm. where I had no flexibility and no path to grow. But I said, you know what? Nobody's coming. So it's got to be me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to figure it out. And now I get to be that example and hold the door open for other people. So if you're watching this, like it sucks and it's hard, but like your weaknesses are your strength. So get up and come help me hold the door. <laughs> okay. So one thing that you mentioned is that, you know, you came into to RCA uh, you know, on the team and you like broke records. So like talk a little bit about that and maybe some like catalyst that you think was because of that. And then, you know, everyone's always wondering like, how much money can you make as a remote closer? So like, just kind of touch on, touch on a lot of that yeah. stuff. Okay. So, um, yeah, so my first month, uh, I broke the record. Um, and again, that's not like a, because I was born great sort of thing. I was just like really hungry. I studied the training so hard and I was constantly asking for help and constantly asking for feedback. And I would say like, the reason that I've been so successful um, it's probably just because I asked for more help than anybody else. Mm. Uh, I'm constantly, uh, when I joined the team, Brian was the sales manager and I was, I would call him, this is not an exaggeration, six to 12 times per day, every single day. Mm. Now he would only answer like one of those times. <laughs> okay. But I was calling him, Brian, how much time do you have? 12 minutes. Okay. These are my top two questions. Brian, how much time do you have? 30 minutes. Okay. I have 17 questions. Yeah. Um, you know, Brian, how much time do you have? Two minutes. Okay. Please help me with this. Right, even if I had closed the deal, if I knew I should have gotten a pay in full, but I only collected half or 2K, send the call, this is the timestamp, what should I have done differently mm. uh, to be able to collect all the money, right? Uh, if I lost, it was really just like a hyper awareness and taking the ownership onto myself of mm. like, it is my responsibility to make sure that I'm the best in the world. Mm. It's not Brian's job to make sure I'm the best in the world. It's not Cole's job to make sure that I'm the best in the world. It's not my coach's job to make sure that I'm the best in the world. I'm responsible for my learning and for my development, and I'm gonna make it as easy as possible to train me. And the way that I'm gonna make it as easy as possible to train me is I'm gonna be just annoying as hell. I'm gonna be dropping timestamps, calls, three calls a day. This one's the most important. If you have extra time, watch this one. If you have extra time, watch this one. Price drop at this time, temp check at this time. Really being proactive with that. Um, and holding myself accountable, like listening to your own sales calls. If you're on the, if you're listening to this and you're not listening to your own calls, almost right now, stop listening to this. Don't watch a sales call. Like maybe after you need to be massaging your losses at night and to your wins in the morning. And like your information diet is what's going to dictate your success or failure. Mm -hmm. And your level of ownership over your growth is what's going to dictate your success or failure. And I think that. I just took such radical ownership for my growth that it would be like ridiculous and impossible for me to not be the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, a the the analogy. At least you know, I got this from Brian, but a lot of people make this this correlation of just like 
it's you, you know you made the athlete example earlier it's like what do they do when they're not on the court and they're not practicing they watch game tape right they watch and see what mistakes did i make could i dribble it different this time like so it's the exact same thing right it's like getting feedback but i think just more importantly that you touched on too is like it's one thing to to hear feedback and like listen to the calls but it's another thing to like actively implement mm-hmm. the stuff that's on there um so any any like tactics tips for like oh, just to, to implement great question because awareness is the first step right it's super important mm-hmm. and you develop the awareness by listening to your calls and wincing in pain because it's so embarrassing <laughs> yeah. your ears are bleeding okay uh and then uh implementation is like actually fucking doing right and so what i mean by that is like don't like you make a living by how you perform on the sales call so like if you're trying something new Maybe don't try it for the first time on the call, right? Yeah. So what I would do is I would learn something from Brian and I'd be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and I would write it down in my Google Docs and then I would transcribe it by hand three times. Uh... And then I would record myself saying it, listen to the recording, you know, throw up because it was so annoying, <laughs> record it again, give myself feedback again, record it again, record it again until I liked it. And then once I felt like it was good, I would listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, dude, I must have listened to not only Cole's training and Brian's training and, you know, core reviews that they did, but like my own calls and my own objection handle recordings. Like I would listen to them in the shower. I'd put them on endless loop and like sleep to me, like doing a spouse objection role play. You know, yeah. like, I was just always like listening to how I implemented it, transcribing it. And really like it, it should be to the point where, um, you know, when you go to the doctor and they like hit you with a hammer and you, your knee. Yeah, yeah. Like you need to make it a reflex for you to do the right thing mm. because then you can be so present with the prospect. And that's why most sales reps suck. It's not because they're actually bad at sales. It's because they're like, okay, what am I going to say next? Okay. What if it's a spouse objection? What's my, what's my, what's my reframe? Right. And it's like, okay, just be present and listen to the person mm. and trust that you know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, you should definitely figure out how to do it when you're not in front of the person who needs your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the on the record thing. So what was just so people kind of understand, like what was the like how many units? So actually, context, right? So maybe the units, like the average units at the time, maybe like someone on the team, oh. the units that you hit, and then uh, you know around about the you know commissions to give give, yeah. give an idea. Yeah, yeah. Average units when I joined the team, I think was like twenty two units a month. I think the previous record was maybe like 26 units a month, somewhere around there. I don't even think it was 30. And uh, my first month, I hit 45 units. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like in the 30s, but to double the... Dude, it wasn't even That's close, insane, bro. So embarrassing for everyone else that like... <laughs> Yeah, just set the set the news yeah, yeah that was a lot of fun 45 units and uh and i wasn't even like working crazy hours i worked less hours the month that i hit 45 units than i did any any week of my life as a as a rest oh shoot yeah yeah so hit 45 units and then the most money i've ever made uh in a month the record month was like uh about 30k mm. nice and you know, if someone's watching this and they're they're in that kind of same mindset of like, I want to break some records. Like, what were what were some of the things that you think were, uh, yeah, like catalysts to you breaking the breaking the record? Um, I think that 
kind of like what we touched on earlier when I had first joined the team it was like a bunch of bros and I was like the first person who was like mm. not a man like on the sales team we had like yeah. not men in operations but sales team was like a bunch of bros and I was just like I immediately and they all had experience and I was like mm. god they're so much better than me um but I just really wanted to learn from Cole and work directly with Cole and I just remember like them actually deciding to hire me and me being like okay i can't believe i pulled that off well this is either gonna be the best decision they ever made or the worst decision they've ever made but it's not gonna be in the middle so i gotta make sure that it's the best one yeah and so uh i then started getting up at 3 a.m oh shoot an hour earlier than yeah an hour earlier but because yeah. stakes were higher dude okay so i started getting up an hour earlier to just pound training in the morning for three four hours before mm. the sales meeting to show up really fresh but I think the mentality, I wish I had a better way to explain this actually, uh, but I get asked this question a lot about being the best and what it takes to the best and how do you become the best. And the best way that I can think to do it is that if you're trying to be the best, you've already lost. Mm. I think everything in our life is an internal decision that we make. And once you make that decision, you you can't go backwards. Yeah. And when you leave it up to, I'm going to try, I'm going to make an effort, mm. I'm going to hope, I'm going to pray, I'm going to whatever, like, it's not happening. I hate to break it to you, but if you're trying to be the best, you're probably one of the worst. And it's because you keep making excuses for yourself, yeah. right? I'm going to try to do best. Oh, I'm going to try to get up early. Oh, I'm going to try to go to the gym. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to call my mom tomorrow. Keep trying. Oh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Be the best. I made a decision. The second that they hired me, that I would be the best business decision they ever made. Mm. And when I made that decision, it was like, shit. Now I have to get up at 3 a.m. Now I have to listen to my calls more than anyone. Now I have to call Brian six to 12 times a day <laughs> to make sure that I become the best. Now I have to collect the most cash. Mm. Now I have to close the most deals. Now my clients have to get the best results. Now I have to have the best relationships with my clients. Mm. Every single piece has to be above reproach. You know, you've heard people say, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. The best closers care the most about the littlest thing. Because those translate to the big things. If you can't do the little things right, what the hell are you doing with the big things, right? Yeah. And so I just really early on picked up on the fact that I could decide. And it's because I had the momentum of deciding to leave my safe nine to five, right? And that kind of worked out. And I decided to buy the crazy car and then that thing worked out. And I decided to go in sales and that worked out. I decided to do the program and that worked out. And so I realized like, holy crap, like I can literally do whatever I want. I just have to decide and then work so hard that it would be illogical for me to not attain that thing. Mm. Um, and ever since I've realized that you can just decide what you want and then it's yours, um, I've just been pretty much doing whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've touched a, a lot on like, you know, you kind of just like making the decision to like, you know, just, be the best like you said and you know now that you you manage the sales team it's like you you have so many other people that you're also i'm assuming just like giving them the same thing like you need to be the best like make the decision you know for someone that's listening to this and they're like you know i want the tactical of how do i become the best right mm -hmm. what are maybe some of the 
um, you know, the biggest, not misconceptions, but like, the, I guess the biggest things that you noticed with like newer sales reps that's coming in, um, like maybe some of their biggest mistakes that, that they make. Okay. With training new sales reps, I've learned that everyone says they want to be the best, but very few people actually do want that mm. when they realize what it takes to become that. And I learned this from a book that Brian recommended to me called The Dip, insert author name. <laughs> and it's about how um, becoming the best in the world it's not necessarily, and kind of like what I was talking about earlier, it's not necessarily that the skill is so hard, but that it takes so much intentional repetition to build the skill that most people give up because they just don't want to try that hard for that long, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think that with new sales reps, um, they say they want to be the best, but then they don't get up early or they don't take care of their health and you know, they eat 75 cheeseburgers in the morning and they feel like sick on the meeting. And it's like, dude, I can see the rappers behind your head. Like, I know that you're fucking around, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that it just takes a radical level of accountability and ownership in all areas of your life because those things are going to bleed over, right? So you can't be like, you know, I'm the best salesperson. I'm going to be the best salesperson. And then like be horrible to your partner mm. and not take care of yourself and not do things that, you know, make you happy. Like it's a decision to be the best. Obviously you're not going to be perfect. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. Close, but not. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's being the best in all things and holding yourself to that standard outside of work too, because we talk a lot about sales and objections and pre-pitch and all this stuff. And those things are important, but reality is that, you know, even if you take a bunch of sales calls and you're the most tactical salesperson, but if you're selling a lifestyle that you're not living, mm. nobody's going to buy from you. Yeah. Because they don't believe you. They don't believe you. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like, if if they're subconscious, no matter how good you are with your words, if, you're, if they're subconscious, their little spidey senses are like, something's off about this guy. Because you're not having fun, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not prioritizing relationships, like they're not gonna buy from you because they get that that feeling of incongruency. Mm. So I think that, like I said, the reason I was the best so quickly wasn't because my sales skills were there. I'm way better at sales now than I was two years ago, but my conviction was through the roof about decision-making, taking ownership for your life and being the person that you say that you are. And because I believed that and was living that, people were like, man, this person's like an animal. Like, how do I want to be like this person? Whatever they're doing, like, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what would be, I've never asked this question before, but I mean, you've probably taken thousands of sales calls at this point. Oh. Can you, can you pinpoint one of your like maybe worst sales call experiences worst and then or maybe not worse but maybe just like one that just sticks out to you it's like that one was kind of crazy um you know what is so funny when i um and this is kind of intense but when i first joined the team um and i'm still like learning how everything works um we did a call review for one of the other closers in the meeting and dude it was just like a bad call mm. like didn't show up as a leader terrible listening just lazy and i remember brian was like 
what is this? And the closer was like, oh, dude, it's like the end of the day. And like, I was tired. And I was like, dude, I don't know what the right answer is, but that's the wrong answer. And I'm like, you should not answer that. And I'm just there on Zoom and I'm like, oh man, here we go. And Brian said, uh, I'll never forget it. Brian said, I could be bleeding out from both of my wrists and I would still get their credit card before I died on my desk. Oh, you should. Like, that's how I want to be. <laughs> that's what I want to do. So I remember that just being like, okay, you perform. Like, just like an athlete, no matter what, you mm -hmm. perform. And really like learning how to get into that like pro athlete kind of mentality. Um, but in terms, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I don't know, and this is not genuinely like, oh, I think I'm better than everyone. I don't have any bad sales calls. I saw that happen so early in my career that again, like that decision, I just made a decision that you would never, ever, you could scrape my entire Zoom library. You won't find one call where I was lazy, where I didn't hold them accountable, where I showed up bad, where I had a bad attitude, where I didn't care about that person. There's no recordings like that that exist. So there's not really like a call that I can think of that I blew just because I was like, so like, so early on, I was like, that's never going to happen to me on a meeting. Uh, so I made that decision. But in terms of like wild sales calls, dude, yeah. this guy comes into my Zoom room and he's like definitely like a millionaire investment banker who like lives in Connecticut and like takes his boat across the water to go to work in New York. Yeah. That's the dude. Okay. Mm um rolls up on the call and he takes one look at me and you can tell he's just pissed he doesn't say anything but he's like this person is definitely gonna waste my time and he's just like angry and i'm like hey where are you calling from he tells me connecticut i'm like yeah i got that <laughs> dude um and uh and i'm like whoa you know what can i potentially help you with mm -hmm. and he said i'm here because your team solicited me with multiple advertisements <laughs> for some kind of thing and so why don't you tell me what it is that you want from me? And I think like, you know, the, the, the normal salesperson response is to, you know, try to reframe and yeah. or, uh, try to reframe or be really crafty. And I was just like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> and he was top. Why? And I was like, dude, are you sure you're okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. And I was like, okay, dude, like, if you don't want to talk, like, we, we don't have to talk. It's completely up to you. It's your time. So mm -hmm. you decide what you want to do. And he was like, well, it was a, it was an interesting advertisement. And so um, I just want to know what it is. I just want to know what you guys are doing. And I was like, dude, are you, like, having a bad day? Like, it feels like you're kind of coming at me. Like, I feel some animosity. Like is it me specifically like what's going on he's like no no it's not you just a long day thank you thank you for asking okay no, no, I'm, I'm good we start the sales call over pays in full mm. close one call so uh i'll never forget that call because uh that was a moment in my life where i was like man if this happened to me two years ago like if somebody came at me like that two years before that happened i would have just just yeah. crumbled, folded in half. But in that moment, I'd been remote closing for a few months at that point. And it was just like, 
once you become a remote closer, you get to really protect your time and protect your energy in a really unique way mm -hmm. that you can't in a regular corporate job and you definitely can't in a regular sales job because you got to like do whatever it takes to close the deal. Yeah. This isn't like that because you don't need the sale. You're genuinely there to help that person. Mm -hmm. And if I was thinking about closing the deal and that guy showed up that heated towards me, mm -hmm. I would have been like, oh, reframe, reframe, combat. You know what I mean? But because I just wanted to help him, he was obviously like unwell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something happened to this man. And so because I was like, how do I serve this person? It was just like, I need to snap him out of it. Mm. Like I need to like get him out of whatever weird energy space he's in and snap him into his body. And the best way to do that was just to throw my hands up and be like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, and it really grounded him and he was able to get in back into his body and pay attention and close. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one, one thing that you mentioned, uh, you know, just behind like the impact and like being able to help people and like, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, I think this would be a, you know, an answer to this question, but, um, you know, what would you say to somebody that's listening to this and they're kind of like where you were you know, back when you thought like, I'm never going to be a salesperson. What would you say to someone that's like, I would never become a salesperson. I don't want to, you know, do sales. Like, what would you say to, to that person? Yeah. I would say like, do you like helping people? Okay. You're already in sales. Yeah. You're already in sales. Sorry. You know, even when I was a restaurant manager, I was in sales. I was selling a good experience. I was selling, you know, magic and memories when I worked at Disney. Mm. You're always selling something. You can't get out of sales. Life is safe. <laughs> You're selling already. I think that, you know, when you think about sales as, as self-serving, uh, it's definitely not enticing, at least to me. And that's what kept me away from it for so long. But once you realize, no matter what I do, I'm going to be selling. Mm. If I'm in IT, I'm going to be selling people on how to do it. Honestly, I don't know how IT works, but yeah. how to like, <laughs> figure out how their MacBook should be restarted. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you're a financial planner, you're selling people how to um, set up their retirement. If you work in food service, you're selling people a good experience and to come back again. If you're a teacher, you're selling kids information and why it's important to show up and to learn. learn. Like no matter, if you're a doctor, you're selling people health and why they should take care of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no matter what career you have, you're already selling. Yeah. You're already selling. And so I don't think the question is, oh, I want to be going to sales. I think the question is, do you want to sell someone else's company and someone else's vision and someone else's dream like for them and get paid as little as possible to solve as many problems as possible for a fixed rate, which is basically what a salary job is, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you know, 70K a year. Uh, I need you to do whatever it takes to like keep this thing alive, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're problem solving, but you're solving unlimited problems for a fixed rate. Mm -hmm. When you are in sales, you are solving problems and usually it's a problem that you choose to solve, right? Like, uh, and that's what I mean by instead of selling someone else's dream, like at least now with running the Remote Closing Academy team, I am... When, and even when I was a closer, it was like, I'm selling this lifestyle because I believe in this and this is real and I've achieved this and I want other people to achieve this. So I was selling like my own dream so I could really believe in what I was selling more. And then instead of getting paid a blanket amount of money to solve as many problems as possible, in sales, you get paid every single time you solve the problem. 
You get paid per person that you help. You get paid per life that you change. So then money isn't just money anymore. Money is a scoreboard for the impact that you make helping other people. And then it's fun to make a lot of money just for the sake of making a lot of money. But it's fun to make a lot of money because at the end of the month, it's like, holy crap, I solved $30,000 worth of problems this month. Mm. You know what I mean? And if I went back in time to when I worked at Disney, I probably solved $100,000 worth of problems a month. Yeah. Definitely didn't make it, but I solved it. <laughs> and so if you don't want to be in sales, like newsflash one, you're already in sales. Newsflash number two, you're going to solve problems no matter what. The only reason that money has ever exchanged is for a problem to be solved. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You bought Spotify. Okay. Now every month you can listen to whatever music you want, whatever you want. Anytime you spend money, it's to solve a problem. And so I would just say, no matter what you're selling, no matter what you're solving problems. So the question isn't, do I want to be in sales or not? The question is, do I want to get paid a fixed amount to solve as many as possible, or do I want to get paid per problem? Mm -hmm. So for you personally, what is your, like, what is your goals for the next six months? I thought you were going to say six years. I was like, dude, um, like personally with the yeah, team. just whatever come whatever comes to mind with that, and you can touch personally team like okay, yeah. So um, yeah, man. over the next six months, uh, I really want to help RCA grow to the next level. I want to find a bunch of really hungry people who are really selfless, uh, and I, I really want to grow that team. Because I, I mean, Remote Closing Academy changed my life, changed thousands of lives. And you guys have seen some of the podcasts. Um, and I think that, you know, the economic system in America is definitely pretty broken. There's very few opportunities for people to uh, have any flexibility real in the kind of life that they want. And I think that learning the skill of sales is so valuable um, that it unlocks so much potential, not just in this industry, but in any industry to start any business for people. It's just such a good foundation and such a good um, building block for people. So I really want to help Remote Closing Academy uh, grow in terms of the team, the number of people that we serve, uh, the impact that we have. Uh, I want to get our team from you know 30% closing to 50% closing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of personal goals, um, I want to, I have been traveling a lot since I got this, um, since I got into the remote space, but, um, I think that this it's August. I've been on eight trips this year. So, you know, I've been traveling, but, uh, I would say more of like a year out from now this year, I'm kind of scouting out different places that I want to live. Uh, and then eventually I think I'd like to live full time in like Portugal or, uh, in like New Amsterdam or something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, I really want to, uh, like actually full time live in another country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a really big goal of mine. So over the next six months, I'm like scouting out places and cultures and food, yeah. um, to see what would be the next place to really set up shop for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to hear like just how, and you just how passionate, how passionate you are about remote closing, like how it's changed your life. And like, that's, I mean, I was, I was going live on, on Instagram yesterday and like, that was like my main thing that I always preach is like everyone, you know, back to the bro guru stuff is like, yeah. I try to like break that mold. And I just like, I just tell people, it's like, look, like I literally 
like, yeah, obviously we have a great program and, you know, we, we help a lot of people, but I just want you to like, just break out of your, like this mindset of like, there's just only one way to live life yeah. and just like unlock, unlock so many other things. So like, even if you, let's say someone watches it and they don't like, or watches this podcast, you don't have to buy our stuff. Like just understand that this world is here and we're the best people to yeah, <laughs> help to facilitate, facilitate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that for me, what really like helped me to break out of that like safety zone and that like shell and, you know, the whole corporate America kind of paradigm uh, was just seeing things like this and hearing people talk about it. And I saw so many things that I like didn't actually buy, but being able to see people who were working from Cabo or from wherever and making good money and eating good food and, you know, enjoying different cultures. Like guys, the world is so big. And like, I grew up in this tiny little town in Texas. That's like Friday night lights times 10. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it would be, if, if I went back in time and told 16 year old me, that, you know, soon you could work from Cabo and you'd be doing all this stuff. I just wouldn't even believe that it was real or it was possible. Mm. So like, I would say like, if you're watching this and you want this lifestyle, even if you don't want to be a closer, like you need to, your brain is always going to believe whatever you tell it to believe. Mm. Your brain is going to believe whatever you tell it over and over and over again. So like change the way that you talk to yourself, mm -hmm. right? My family thought that I was crazy when I did that. Same. They begged me to get a refund. They told me I could never make over 10K a month without a master's degree. Verbe oh, shoot. Okay. Did that my first month, right? And, and I would say, like, your brain believes whatever you tell it to. So, like, tell your brain different stuff for 30 days. Mm. For 30 days, when you tell yourself, no, I can't work remotely, switch it to... I do work remotely or I will work remotely. When your brain says like, oh, I'm not smart enough to build a business, catch yourself and say, no, I am smart enough to build a business and I can build multiple businesses. And just like be delusional for like 30 days. Like whatever day today is, write it down, put delusional for the next 30 days, make the <laughs> the background on your lock screen, lock screen on your phone to say delusional and just like change the content that you watch to people mm. who actually do these things whether it's more of these podcasts or uh, different things or webinars whatever just like take in the information and change the narrative to like i can decide what i want and once i decide that it's mine and if you just to live in that delusion for 30 days one of two things gonna happen one you're gonna give up on day four and go back to being pretty miserable and never try anything or two on day four, you're like, well, this is really hard, but I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to put keep being delusional. All over my <laughs> more delusional. Um, and uh, once you do that for 30 days, you're going to realize that you can have anything that you want to have and you can do anything you want to do. And when you flip that script, you're going to realize like, I literally am the author of my own life. Mm. And like, just because my family did this and my dad's dad did this and my dad's dad's dad did this doesn't mean you have to do it. Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want to do you just have to decide that it's a priority all right y'all aaron here popping in really quickly you know how we usually end these episodes is by getting a golden tip trick or nugget from our guests now that part of me asking that question actually got cut out because the power went out when we were recording so i'm here to let you know aim is going to drop some fire here in just a second but at this point you've been listening for like an hour so that means that you're somewhat interested about remote closing so if that is you what I want you to do is down in the description on YouTube as well as on the audio version if you're listening to the podcast app in the show notes, 
what's going to be down there is a, a video of probably about a 35 to 40 minute video that I broke down exactly not only what remote closing is, but how to get started in four simple steps. So obviously listen to the rest of the episode, open that up in a new tab and check that out afterwards because I know you're probably going to be on YouTube and listen to podcasts after this anyway. Might as well use that time to actually get something out of it. So again, down in the description on YouTube and in the show notes on the podcast app, check out that video and we'll see you on the inside over there. So let's jump back over to the episode and get the golden tip for me. So uh, I think one of the biggest breakthroughs for me was realizing um, how powerful it is to surround yourself with the right people. And what I mean by that is like, um, I'm sure you've heard the saying, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah. So kind of like that. But I think even on a, on a deeper level, it's not even so much like you need to be friends with millionaires. Like, okay, you're not going to like go to Chili's and sit next to a millionaire. You might, um, but that's not how you're going to change your circle. And that's not how you're going to change your life. I'm a big believer in like energies and frequencies. And uh, I think that, you know, like attracts like, and I think that, you know, if you are in that space where you want to like try out being delusional, but everyone around you is like, life sucks. Nothing's ever going to get better. We're all just here. We're born and then we're slaves and then we die. Like, um, obviously being surrounded by that isn't going to put you in the headspace to where you can actually succeed. Yeah. I think there's, you know, abundance mindsets and then there's lack mindsets. And I think that when you're surrounded by that lack mindset, it just highlights, you know, you see what you focus on, like the red car principle. If you're looking for red cars, you're going to see a red car mm-hmm. where you go, but you're not going to see any blue cars because you're not looking for them. Right. Um, and so when you're focused on abundance and gratitude and the possibility and what you want out of life and you know, the content that you're watching, the people that you're following, uh, the people you're making connections with are all people who are grateful people who look for the positivity, who believe that life can be what you make it. When you surround yourself with those people, naturally life is just going to evolve into things that you want it to be because you're surrounded by that energy and that positivity. And I know that's kind of woo, but um, if you guys have seen this on TikTok, I took this from TikTok, but there's uh, there's a principle called lucky girl syndrome. Have you heard of this? <laughs> Oh, this is my favorite thing to Okay, I'll try to go fast. But lucky girl syndrome is the belief that I'm so lucky, everything always works out for me. Mm. I'm so lucky, everything always works out for me. And I, no joke, probably say that 10 to 15 times a day out loud in my mm. daily life, constantly. And your subconscious, like we talked about earlier, your brain believes whatever you tell it to, but your brain has to have data for it to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into your subconscious, right? And so if you want those things to actually manifest into your life, when you have the data of you being lucky or something working out, you say it out loud, your subconscious takes out its data that that is true. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So for example, I always get the best parking space. I always get the nicest waiter. When I go to the airport and my backpack or my bag is 58 pounds, nobody cares. I always get free dessert. Everybody is always super nice to me. And my life wasn't always like that. I actually used to be like super unlucky, mm. but it's because I was focusing on all the bad things. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. This happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to me in this victim mindset. But when I switched it to my life is my decision and I choose to see the good things and I choose to be lucky and I choose to believe that everything works out for me. Even when something bad happens, I say, you know what? I'm so lucky. Everything always works out for me. And I might not understand this right now, but in a few hours or in a few days, I'm going to be like, man, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. And because that's my core belief, it's really changed my entire life. So if you take anything from this, it's be delusional, try out lucky girl syndrome for a few days, 
and surround yourself with people who choose to see the good. Because when you choose to see the good, you're going to see more and more and more and more. Amazing. No, I think it was a, a perfect way to uh, to end it because that's, uh, you know, call it like manifestation or whatever. It's like you are going to be in this position, like you said, make the decision that it's going to happen and it it's going to, right? If you focus yeah. on the negative, you focus on the bad, then like you're just manifesting that in your life and you're going to get that. So I think it's perfect perfect way to end it. Um, thank you so much for spending the time. I think I this has been a time. long time coming. Um, so I think a lot of people will watch this and, and get a lot out of it. Um, so again, reminder down in the description below, you can click the link, check out the training and to learn a little bit more about re remote closing. Cause you've been with us this long anyway, you might as well, uh, you're, you're going to probably continue to watch YouTube videos anyway. So make your yeah. next 45 minutes, uh, you know, worthwhile. So that being said, Aaron here from the remote closing Academy podcast. See you guys in the next one. Talk soon. Hey. Hey.